Could a certain game being played in Las Vegas this evening give us a framework of what BYU can expect as they enter the Big 12? Allow us to explain. We'll also get you ready for BYU in South Dakota at Vivian Arena tomorrow afternoon. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Very pleased to be jo- have you guys join us every single day right here on the podcast. A quick reminder that we are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Today's title sponsors are friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online has just covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's dive in and talk a little BYU football off the top of today's show, as we typically are want to do. And there's a game happening in Las Vegas this evening between the University of Utah and USC. And I know a number of you are saying, why in the world are you talking about the Pac-12 title game, Jake? Allow me to explain. I think that Utah's rise in the Pac-12, and I get they're they're, they're BYU's arch rival. You want nothing to do with them if you're if you're BYU. Fan. I get all of that. I, I get the 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 vitriol and just the 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 I guess ill feelings that come towards the Utes. But let me uh, use this as a framework for a discussion I've been kind of mulling over as BYU gets ready to go into the Big 12. Now Utah uh, kicked off their Pac-12 era just over a decade ago with some success. They actually were a game away from playing in the inaugural Pac-12 title game, and uh, Colorado obviously spoiled that, but then the next two seasons, BYU, uh, not BYU, Utah struggled mightily. Back-to-back five and seven seasons, there were people out there saying that Kyle Whittingham can't do it at the Power 5 level. He's going to lose his job before he can really get this turned around, and then they got things going again. They have been to four of the past five Pac-12 title games. They won last year's game for the first time, and they have a chance. I'd say it's more of a puncher's chance than anything else tonight against the USC Trojans. But alas, they are in that title game. So let me use that as I talk about BYU here for a moment, because we are looking at BYU ending the independent era here in just a few days. And I guess I can, I'll say this right now for those of you tuning in. Everything I have heard, I'm calling my shot now. BYU Sunday, whenever they end announce them Sunday afternoon, Sunday morning, when bowl announcements come out, BYU will be playing in the New Mexico Bowl. Who they will be playing, I think there's two different teams that come to mind in my mind. New Mexico State got a waiver to be eligible for the bowl season from the NCAA. Now, obviously, this being an in-state team for New Mexico, be very tempting for them to take the, take the Aggies and bring them uh, to play at the University of New Mexico and have a hometown feel to it down there in Albuquerque. The other team that I've heard a lot about is Air Force. Uh, There's a Mountain West tie-in to this game. This is one of the 16 games that ESPN Events uh, owns, and they can move uh, the arrangements. They can make uh, teams and conferences kind of shift and move around to different games to create unique matchups. 
I think New Mexico State, just with their resurgent season and then being in a hometown crowd, and then as well as BYU and Cougar fans being willing to travel, I think that'd be a fantastic uh, thing for both sides to make that happen. But I, I, I'm calling my shot right now. BYU in the New Mexico Bowl Sunday. I don't think it's breaking news, but nonetheless, I've talked with enough people, had enough people mention that to me this week that I'm expecting to have BYU playing in Albuquerque on December 17th. Now, back to the point at hand. As BYU ends the independent era, they're going to be going into the Big 12. I think we all, and yours truly included, think that BYU is probably going to initially struggle out of the gate in the in the Big 12. It's obviously a step up in competition. It's a step up in just the overall financial uh investment that is required to compete at the level that BYU is going into. Now with name, image, and likeness being available where these collectives are offering hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to top athletes to come play for universities, that makes it a whole different deal. The transfer portal has changed college football as we know it. This is going to be a very interesting transition for BYU to go through. But I think that if you're a BYU fan, you can look at the rise of the University of Utah in the Pac-12 and look at it and say, you know what? There is an opportunity for BYU It's in the... I'd say the five to ten year range to be competing for conference championships just like Utah. Now, there are a lot of people out there who say that Utah took advantage of USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington different points all being down to make their rise to the Pac-12. Well, this year, all those teams are very, very good. And what is Utah doing? They're playing for the Pac-12 title against USC tonight. So, I think Utah has built a sustainable product under Kyle Whittingham. The hope is that Kalani Sitake, who went through the transition with the University of Utah to their Pac-12 tenure, he worked there for a long time. He saw the ups and the downs. He went through those five and seven seasons. He has been at that level. He has been through that transition. The hope is that he can avoid some of the pitfalls that may be coming for BYU to make the transition to the Big 12. Now, I, let me also add this caveat. I just said that a lot of people would point to USC being down, etc., for Utah's rise in the Pac-12. Well, guess what's going to happen in the Big 12 in just two years? Texas and Oklahoma, the quote-unquote big boys of the Big 12, well, they're taking off and taking their talents to the SEC. That is going to leave a power vacuum in the Big 12. Can BYU take advantage of that and use that to aid themselves as they look to be a more competitive member of the Big 12 pretty early on in their tenure. It's going to take work. BYU is going to have to overcome a number of hurdles. One, the honor code. Two, academics. Getting guys just into school. Three, how much money really is BYU willing to pony up? Can they get a quote-unquote collective put together? There's like, uh, there's Coog Connect and some of these out there that are trying to do a grassroots thing, but can real big-time boosters at BYU put together a collective that can help BYU compete financially for these recruits and bring them in? It's not supposed to be this way. Let's be very clear about this. The NCAA did not intend for name, image, and likeness to be a recruiting inducement. But guess what? When you allow money into the sport by the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, guess what's going to happen? Guys are going to sign with universities for that much money. That is going to be the going rate for a lot of athletes. So BYU, their circumstance going into the Big 12 is different than a decade ago when Utah went in, but the hope is there's similar, it seems like there's similar tracks here for BYU hopefully to take advantage of in the Big 12. When Texas and Oklahoma depart, probably the big dog in the in the conference is going to be Oklahoma State. 
But Oklahoma State has had a really down year this year. Mike Gundy, it seems like one year he has a great year with the Cowboys. The next year, they don't. There is going to be a lot of topsy-turvy action. And I guess the not having a quote-unquote blue blood in the Big 12 could be beneficial to BYU's chances of competing at least three to four years in, maybe. I, I There's going to be... I. I I think 6-6 six and six has got to be a goal in 2023. But if you can make that slow and steady climb and start to win on the recruiting trail, you're now at the Power 5 level, you got a lot of pitches that are going for you on the recruiting trail. If you can go out and just kind of take a measured approach to how you're building yourself as a member of the Big 12, I'm not... I'm not convinced that BYU can't be competing like Utah is after 10, 11 years on an annual basis and be in the upper echelon of the Big 12. I truly believe that is cap- it's something that BYU is capable of doing, but it's going to take some luck. It's going to take some hard work. It's going to take an investment of a bunch of money, and the good news is you are going to be getting a lot more money into your coffers that can be reinvested in the program. But I think if BYU just... They, they, they do the right thing the right way, and they, they're, they're patient with how things are going. Yes, you're always going to have those big dogs on top of the sport of college football. Think about it. Ohio State, Alabama, Michigan, on down the list, USC. The blue bloods are still going to be blue bloods in this new era of college football. But the Big 12 will not, at least initially, once US, uh, not USC, once Oklahoma and Texas depart, it will not initially have one of those teams in the conference. That should level the playing field and give a program like BYU a, a puncher's chance, a fighter's chance of getting in and competing on an annual basis. I believe that BYU's got the the potential. I, I is probably the best term to, hear, to use here. The potential to be a power player in the Big 12. It's Like I said, it's going to take some time. You're going to have to win on the recruiting trail. You're going to have to keep the coaching staff relatively intact. It, it, if Kalani Satake can keep things going like he had during 2020 and 2021, there's no, there's no reason to think that BYU can't continue to be a power player, or, or I guess become a power player in the Big 12, but it's going to take, it's going to take time. So I think that the the build that Utah went through, think about it, they went through five, six, seven years before they really started sniffing the the top end of the Pac-12. I think there's a similar timeline here for BYU, but the hope is maybe, just maybe, Aaron Roderick, Kalani Satake, guys who were at Utah when they went through that transition, maybe they can help BYU avoid some of the pitfalls and some of the early stumbles that Utah went through during their transition to the Power 5 level, and maybe that helps BYU be a little more competitive three to four years in. Who's to say that they come out of the transfer portal this year and just are absolutely dominant? There's not there's a lot of different ways for BYU to attack things with regards to rebuilding this roster because I'm fully expecting a, a pretty big teardown of the personnel in the BYU football program. But the one-year turnaround, the miracle turnaround that like USC underwent, the money that USC is throwing around, if, if you believe the people out there, I'm not sure BYU's got that type of money. But the the possibility still exists. But I think that if you have a 5- to 10-year plan for BYU, I'm not convinced that they can't uh, achieve playing for Pac-12, uh, no, Pac-12, Big 12 titles in that time frame. And at that point, guess what? With a 12-team playoff, if you win the Big 12 or if you're in the Big 12 championship game, you're in the conversation to get into the college football playoff. So it's it's very interesting to look at the possibilities for BYU, but it's it, I know some of you I, I talked about yesterday about how I thought BYU the possibility is now open to them to to win a national championship once again. I had a couple of responses in Jake. I'm an old dude. I'm never going to see that in my lifetime. Maybe we won't. 
Maybe it will never happen in my lifetime. It may take decades for BYU truly to compete on a true national level, but I think they can be competitive in the Big 12, and it's just it's going to take them a little bit of time. So I, I, let's, be, let's be patient in the Big 12 era. Understand that BYU has a lot of different, I guess, pitfalls in a way coming their way as a member of the Big 12, being a member of the Power 5 conferences, all that stuff, they're, they're, with more competition, the higher competition, it means more and more pitfalls are out there for you. But I'm, I guess I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic for BYU's chances. Let me know your thought. Do you think BYU can follow a similar track to the University of Utah and be competitive five, maybe 10 years into their Big 12 tenure? I'd love to hear from you guys. That's the question of the day. Leave it in our comments below on YouTube or a tweet at us, Locked on Cougars, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. I guess you message us or DM us as well. Or you can email in your responses. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. All right. So with that out of the way, let's talk a little BYU basketball. The Cougars uh, finish up their Salt Lake residency tomorrow afternoon when they welcome South Dakota into Vivint Arena. What to make of the Coyotes in their first ever matchup against the Cougars? We'll get to that in a moment. We'll also get to some other news and notes as we close out the week here on the podcast in just a little bit. First, though, a word on our friends over at UCCU. I absolutely love this company. I've been banking with them for three decades. And what UCCU wants to do is to help you guys with interest rates and inflation being both on the rise to help you guys save money. They can help you use this current raise in rights to your advantage. And it sounds uh, kind of like, how are they going to do that? They're offering a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. You're probably asking, what is a savings certificate? Is it like a savings account? Well, a savings certificate is similar to a savings account, but the yield, that 4.00 APY is just night and day. It's, it's huge compared to the typical rate of return on a money market or a savings account. So the best part is you can do this with any amount of money as little is $500, making it an awesome opportunity for every type of saver. And the best part is, during the 15 months, if interest rates and inflation continue to go on the rise, and if you believe the rumors out there of an imminent, um, what do you call it, recession, well, guess what? You can bump it up one time during that 15 months, bump up that rate of return. It's a fantastic way to go about saving some extra money, my friends. So give it a shot. Visit a UCCU branch, call them, or stop uh, by their or their website. Stop by their website. Go to their website, uccu.com to learn more. Now you can get started on online. You can learn more about that savings certificate today. But remember, this is only available for a limited amount of time. And if the 15 months, the 4.00 APY doesn't necessarily uh, match up with what you're looking for, they've also got a variety of different term options to match your specific needs as well. So reach out, uccu.com, get started there. That's UCCU, love where you bank. Thank you once again for joining us here on Locked On Cougars. I want to remind you guys to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go behind uh, go, go excuse me go behind the scenes with our friends and the local experts on the Locked On Podcast Network and get caught up on everything from the biggest stories every single day. It's like going to ESPN or CBSSports.com or whatever sports website you check in the morning in audio format. It's a fantastic product. That's Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Podcast. All right, BYU's playing basketball tomorrow afternoon at Vivint Arena. It's going to be a day-night doubleheader. If you're lucky enough to be able to watch the Cougars and then watch the Utah Jazz in action, it could be a really, really fun day in Salt Lake City. But this is an interesting matchup for BYU. They obviously took care of business pummeling uh, Westminster on Tuesday night. You would have liked to have seen more competition, obviously. That was the slot that Utah State was supposed to play in before the Aggies decided, you know, we're, we're too big to, to play BYU or we're, we're going to be a petulant child about it. 
that's neither here nor there. I've gone on that diatribe before. But this is a big opportunity for BYU. Their first ever matchup against the Coyotes of South Dakota. Now, South Dakota is most recently coming off. Uh, they ended a two-game losing streak with a 97-58 victory over Mount Mary. And don't ask me, what in the world is a Mount Mary? I, I don't know. But this season so far, they have played at Wisconsin, got absolutely blown out. They handled their business against Lipscomb, Dakota State University, Long Island University, and then Mount uh, Mount Marty, Mount Mary. I don't know exactly. It says Mount Marty on one, Mount Mary on the other. I don't know. But regardless, they also lost at Mississippi State. They lost to Sam Houston State, who beat Utah, and then Coastal Carolina got them as well. So an up and down season so far for South Dakota. And it feels like BYU, in a way, is catching South Dakota as they come down a little bit. This is the first year for Eric Peterson. And that name might sound familiar to some of you uh, college hoop heads out there. It's because he was formerly Craig Smith's top assistant at Utah State and during his first year at the University of Utah. Eric Peterson is a very, very uh, well-renowned recruiter. Uh, he is the guy most people credit with bringing uh, Nemius Keita uh, to, the, to Utah State University. Obviously, Keita now is uh, in the NBA playing for the Sacramento Kings. This is a guy who really, really can recruit his tail off, but off to a little bit of a bumpy start sitting at 4-4 four and four coming into this game. He will have familiarity with BYU obviously from his time at Utah State and with Utah having gone up against the Cougars, but this is the first ever meeting between the Coyotes and the Cougars. I think that BYU comes into this one and should be feeling pretty confident in their ability to get a win on Vivian Arena's court. Now, the one thing about this is I don't know how many of you know noticed it. Uh, the NBA obviously uh, has the the break in their three-point line. It's not a complete arc. They actually break it off for those corner threes, and that's why there's such a valuable shot in the NBA world. Well, I'm not sure if, if it was uh, planned this way or whatever, but if you notice Tuesday night, uh, they put in the college line, and they actually broke off the three-point line in that game as well. I don't know if it's a violation of NCAA regulations or rules. It made me chuckle because it makes that three-point shot, it's inches closer, but it's closer than what it's supposed to be out there on, on the edge. But regardless, BYU took advantage, hit a program record, 19 three-pointers against Westminster. Can they bring that shooting prowess into this game? The hope is that they can, because if BYU, and we talked about this in the lead-up to the season, if BYU's shooting came through for the Cougars, they could be a power player. They could be a really, really good team this year. Early on this season, they were not shooting it well at all. And the other thing about this is their turnover numbers. They were averaging 20 and a half turnovers through four or five games this season. In four straight games, they have cut it from, I believe, 21 to 17 to 11 to 10 turnovers. I talked about this. If BYU wanted to be a competitive team, they needed their shooting to come through and needed to cut down on turnovers. Those are the two things that came through in the past few games is that BYU shooting has come to play. It feels like that second half against Dayton, they really started to find their shooting prowess down there in the battle for Atlantis. It carried over into the Westminster game. Can it replicate for a second straight game against uh, against South Dakota? We're going to find out. But the biggest, the, the bigger thing to me is the turnover issues. Uh, obviously, when you give a team twenty one extra chances with the basketball in their hands, that's going to hurt your hurt your chances of winning any basketball game. 10 turnovers, much more manageable. BYU was among the nation's worst in turnovers through the five games. I think it was a 20 and a half turnover per average five games into the season. If you cut that in half and they went from 21 to 10 this most recent game, I guess Westminster, that's infinitely going to give you more chances 
to win basketball games. And we also take into account the BYU-Westminster. Uh, okay, they're not necessarily the, the best team on the schedule, but this is a huge opportunity for BYU to carry some of that momentum forward into this game against South Dakota. Next week, you got the midweek game against Utah Valley, and then you face off against number 7 Creighton in Las Vegas. You'd like to see this hot streak for BYU that they've, they've found, the, the hot hand shooting, the ability to hold on to the basketball. If they can continue to do that, there's no reason to think they can't be carrying a three- or four-game win streak into that matchup with Creighton. Creighton's going to be a different story playing down there in Las Vegas. It's one of the best teams in the country. It's a top-10 team, but you have to continue to do what you have been doing. Mark Pope preaches this all the time. He wants his teams to be tough. He wants them to be good shooters. He wants them to be very good on the defensive end of the bas- uh, defensive end of the court, but also he wants them to avoid turnovers. And the shooting and the turnovers the, the lack of shooting and the exorbitant amount of turnovers this season have really contributed to some of the early woes for BYU. If they have put those two things behind them, this is a program that could really finish the non-conference slate on an upswing here. Uh, yeah, first off, take care of business against South Dakota because, like I said, Eric Peterson, he's got familiarity with BYU, so he'll probably have a pretty good game plan of how to attack Mark Pope and his team. Now, you look at, uh, by the way, you look at what uh, South Dakota brings to the table. They had a very high-profile squad the last couple of years, but right now, they don't necessarily have the, the offensive prowess, it feels like, to really compete with BYU, at least on paper. A.J. Plazuit, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, Plazuit, I don't know how to pronounce it correctly, he's averaging 12.7 uh, points per game, but based on what I read, he's not played the last two games for South Dakota State. The FPI, or the BPI, I guess, from uh, ESPN, gives BYU a 78.5% chance of winning this game. So, there is a lot riding here on this for BYU, and if they go out and handle their business, they could find themselves on a little bit of a hot streak here and really, really start uh, rolling a bit. Because I don't think UVU is world beaters this year. Obviously, they, they've gotten BYU some a, a few times. You know, not a few times. Uh, a couple of times in their recent history. But you're, you're, all eyes after the South Dakota game go essentially towards Creighton and a huge, huge opportunity on a neutral site down there at the Jack Jones Classic in Las Vegas. So we'll react to, uh, to whatever happens against South Dakota State tomorrow night. If I have some time, I'll sit down and do a postcast edition of the podcast, give you my takeaways from that, and obviously we'll keep you tracked, uh, keep you locked on BYU basketball throughout the upcoming week against UVU for an in-state game and obviously a huge showdown against Creighton a week from tomorrow. All right, we're right out today's show with some other news and notes that we have not had a chance to hit on this week on the podcast uh all-american citation handed out a really really cool <laughs> excuse me a really really cool wow a really really cool honor for a former byu golfer and a major winner we'll get to all of that in just a moment all right a word on our friends over at bet online first though they are your number one source for all of your sports betting information stats news and analysis get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer to esports they've got it all at bet online if you love sports podcasts you can find those on bet online as well they're also the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting fix whether it's uh, futures odds live in in-game betting, no matter what you're looking for with regards to your sports betting, BetOnline's got you covered. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more now. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. It it truly is a pleasure to be with you guys. It's crazy to think we're already into the month of December. Where did 2022 go, my friends? It feels like, in, in many ways, where did 2020, 2021, 2022? Uh, there was, I, I saw a meme on social media saying that uh, I'm trying to process 2019 and uh 
30 days away is going to be 2023. It really feels like these three years have all kind of just kind of flown by. But at the same time, it's crazy to think how long it's been. I've been doing this podcast every single day, weekdays for four plus years. So thank you for taking the time to join us, whether it's on YouTube or their typical podcast platforms out there. All right, let's talk a little bit about some of the news and notes out there for BYU. First off, congratulations to BYU left tackle Blake Freeland is named to the 2022 Pro Football Focus All-American third team. Now, some of you are probably saying, well, he's the highest rated offensive tackle pass blocking. Why is he a third team All-American? You know what? Politics are in play. There's a bias out there uh, for guys that are not Power 5 level players, which BYU will be next year, but they are not currently. But it's a really, really good honor for Blake Freeland. I am anticipating, this is my personal opinion, that we have seen or we will be seeing Blake Freeland's final game in a BYU uniform on December 17th if BYU does indeed play in that New Mexico Bowl. But regardless, wherever BYU goes bowling, I think that's number 71's final game in a Cougar uniform. What a rise it's been for Blake Freeland. Think about this. This guy had never played offensive line coming to BYU. He played quarterback, defensive end, tight end, punter, etc. He is a, a an all-state player in basketball in high school at Harriman High School. He owns multiple state titles in the throws in the track and field scene in Utah High School uh, uh, track and field. But he had never played offensive line for BYU. And go back to that 2019 game against Boise State. Baylor Romney's making his first career start. Well, guess who else also made the first career start in that game? Number 71 himself as a freshman. Uh, Blake Freeland's out there. And he performed admirably under the circumstances. He was such a neophyte to the position still. He played right tackle mainly in that game and then shifted over to left tackle once uh, Brady Christensen moved on after the 2020 season. But this is an incredible story for Blake Freeland. He's an absolute freak athletically. He's going to test off the charts when it comes to NFL combine testing. Uh, I'm telling you, like running uh, the, 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 the three cone drills, the, the long jump, he has got all the athletic tools to make uh, NFL scouts just drool thinking of him uh, locking down either the right tackle or left tackle position for for a decade. Uh, He may end up as a day two pick, a second round pick. He may not ultimately make it into the first round, but Blake Freeland, congratulations to him. I think it's the first of what I hope would be multiple All-American honors coming to him, but he, he is... He is lights out, folks, and we have been lucky enough to see two straight left tackles, similar to BYU with their quarterback position. We've seen uh, multiple in a row uh, NFL-caliber offensive linemen at that left tackle spot emerge for the Cougars. It's really, really cool to see, and congratulations once again to Blake Freeland on that honor. Now, the other note I wanted to touch on before we go here today is congratulations to former BYU men's golf standout and Masters winner Mike Weir. He's been named captain of the international team for the 2024 President's Cup by by the President's Cup and PGA Tour officials that came out earlier this week. This is a phenomenal thing. Now, a lot of you are probably saying, what is the President's Cup? Well, probably some of you have heard of the Ryder Cup, where it's Europe versus the United States. That is like kind of the preeminent uh, continent versus the United States uh, head-to-head showdown in golf. It's the most rowdy thing you've ever found out there. Well, in the off years, they also play what they call the President's Cup, where it's an international team going up against an American team. Weir has been an assistant captain in 2017, 2019, and 2022, as well as playing in the President's Cup as, as, as a player five times in 2000, 2003, 2005, 2007, and 2009. He's got a ton of experience, and the best part is this President's Cup is being played on his home turf. He is a native of Canada. It will be, play, be, be played in uh, Quebec up there near Montreal. 
This is a phenomenal honor. Mike Weir, outside of Johnny Miller, maybe is the most famous alum from the BYU golf program. There's other guys out there. Jadon Blake. You, you go down the list. Uh, the, the Miller family. Uh, the Summer Hayes. There's a lot of great golfers. But how many of them, outside of Johnny, have got that Masters title? Well, that'd be Mike Weir. So a phenomenal, phenomenal honor. And congratulations to Mike Weir. I know he's absolutely ecstatic to be representing his home nation as captain of the President's Cup team. Uh, I, I'm an American. I'll probably be rooting for Team USA in this matchup, but at the same time, this is a really, really cool thing for him because he's a native of Sarnia, Ontario, and I have no idea where Sarnia is at, but to be able to go home and uh, coach up or lead the team of international players, they come from all over the place. There's guys from Australia, Europe, uh, Asia that are all playing in this event, but the best part is they're playing for pride and having a guy who's got a lot of I guess a lot of pride in his home country, but at the same time, a guy who's made his home here along the Wasatch Front since uh, he left BYU. Really, really cool uh, honor for Mike Weir. And I've got his phone number. I'm going to have to make a phone call to him and see if we can get him on the podcast at some point during the offseason and, and talk a little bit about this. But congratulations once again to Mike Weir. That's a phenomenal, phenomenal honor for the former BYU Cougar. All right, that's going to do it for this week's editions of Locked On Cougars. A huge thank you, as always. You guys are absolutely phenomenal. Monday, we react to wherever BYU goes bowling. Hint, it's going to be New Mexico. Now, I also promised some uh, details. I made you guys wait on this. This right here, and uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, that is a signed Jaron Hall BYU autograph ball. Yes, number three himself, Jaron Hall has signed this football. We're going to give this away. Now, I'm still working out a couple of the details. I, I promise you guys I would have more details on this. I can tell you this much. You're going to be required to uh, be able to be subscribed on multiple platforms for Locked On Cougars. Whether that's uh, following us on various podcast platforms, social media platforms, on YouTube, I would just essentially tell you guys, get ready for this. I, I've got to, I got to, like I said, I got to work out a couple more details. I anticipated having them done in time for today's podcast. I did not get that done, so my apologies. But Monday, we will announce exactly how we're going to go about giving this away. And we'll make sure it's done before Christmas, because if you have a Cougar fan or a kid or a family member, who's a huge Jaron Hall fan, how cool would that be to uh, put that under the tree for Christmas Day? So, uh, get subscribed. Uh, whether you're uh, listening to us on Apple Podcasts, if you don't watch us on YouTube, I don't, I don't care if you don't want to watch us on YouTube, essentially just go subscribe and follow the show on YouTube. I, the video format may not be for you, but just get all that. Subscribe on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, Locked on Cougars. Follow me on Twitter, Jacob C. Hatch. Just get all that done, and once I have all the details locked in on Monday, you'll be ahead of the curve in terms of getting your entry in to win this Jaron Hall signed football. And folks, I'm looking forward to giving it away, and I, it's a really, really cool thing. It's kind of a funny story how I came across getting that football. Well, we'll talk more about that as we talk on Monday, but we're reacting to BYU's bowl game. Uh, we'll be talking about how to give, win that football, and obviously, whatever happens in BYU sports over the weekend. By the way, best of luck to the women's volleyball team today as they take on uh, James Madison in the first round of the NCAA tournament. All right. So anyways, that'll do it for us. Thank you for making us your first listen to the day. Make sure you make your second listen. Our friends over at the Locked On Big 12 podcast. It's a fantastic way to get ready for the weekend ahead. Big 12 championship game taking place tomorrow. Josh Neighbors has got you covered top to bottom. Check that out free and available wherever you get your podcast or uh, watch it on YouTube just like this show. That'll do it for myself. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. We'll see if we can get a postcast in tomorrow night. But regardless, thank you for joining us. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.